You're listening to Brand to Brand, the marketing show. With your hosts, Thomas Sterling. This is the future. This is where everything goes. And Veronica St. Cyr. Why the hell would anybody buy this? An unfiltered conversation on brand strategy. And it worked like crazy. Marketing trends. I think they're in again. And emerging technology. There's going to be big impacts here. You're excited. I'm pumped. (laughs) All right. Let's kick things off. Well, howdy doody, everyone. Today on the show, we're talking about brands that lead with a lifestyle, not just features and benefits. We're talking about products that make you feel a certain type of way. Cue the adventure theme music. What are your thoughts on this, V? Dun, 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 dun. Was that a cue to me? Yes. Oh, all right. Look, it's marketing 101 not to sell a product. You sell emotion. Products sell love. Isn't that the best? Mm. Uh, Or we sell solutions, right? Sometimes it's bullshit. Sometimes it's really effective. I think we've all seen that like tone deaf Super Bowl ad where you're like, Oh, okay. Wait, this was, that was a car commercial. Yikes. But a lot of the time it's a proven strategy for a reason. Selling a lifestyle around a brand creates a community that people want to be a part of. And by participating in that brand, they're like a part of this cool club. Mm. Once a brand is integrated into the fiber of someone's identity, that's when the brand loyalty really kind of takes root. And it's catchy. It's captivating. Some brand loyalist goes around, they suddenly convince everyone around them. And it's no secret that most of these brands, they end up being in the premium category. Mm-hmm. And with that, let's get into it. A little bit of yay, and then bang, shut up his face, that's a big thing, get used to hearing. So what's it going to be, Veronica? Are you going to be a Yeti, or are you going to be a Red Bull today? I'd love to be a Yeti, that sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, that- wow, that was good. I've been practicing for the show. Wow. Uh, well, despite that, I'm going to take Red Bull. Uh, and I wish I was drinking a Red Bull right now. You wish you were under the influence? Yeah, I think I, <laughs> I, think I need one. Uh, it originally originated in Thailand in the 1970s. This gentleman named Chalio stumbled upon it. Originally, he was a duck farmer. He wanted to create something to help Thai truck drivers, laborers, farmers stay awake. In comes an Austrian entrepreneur. He has a trip to Thailand. He tries this, which at the time, it was the Thai version of it was called Red Bull, like from the beginning since the Mm. 1970s, which is interesting. He tries this. He said it cured his jet lag. He quits his job. He he convinces Chalio to go into a partnership with him, and they decide they're going to create an international product. They're tinkering with it, tinkering with it, tinkering with it. They do focus groups. Everyone says it has a sticky mouthfeel. It tastes like shit. (laughs) And they're like, we have to adapt this for Western palates. They work on this for years to get the formula right. The Australian entrepreneur, Dietrich, he really wants it to be carbonated, have it feel more like a soda. They decide to put it in the sleek can. Mm. So from the beginning, when it really launched, it already had the the can it still has today, which is kind of crazy to think. They got a lot right because everybody wants that can now. Right? And throughout the 90s and the early 2000s, they expanded their global footprint and today is is recognized as the most popular energy drink in the world. Dun, dun, dun. And the founders became billionaires. Whoa. With a B. (laughs) (laughs) So why are you taking Yeti? Because it's fucking awesome. It's a great brand. It's a beloved brand. Everybody loves Yeti. 
And I think it's only become more and more popular. In fact, I think I'm seeing a Yeti in the room right now. Is that is that right? I have a Yeti water <laughs> bottle where I've put more iconic brands on it. Yeti has become such a juggernaut brand, but they didn't necessarily start that way. Founded by two brothers, Roy and Ryan, in Austin, Texas. And in 2006, when they first launched... They were really changing the game. They were going after a market where, let's say, the average cooler was 50 bucks, and they were thinking, we're going to need to charge around 300 I don't think if someone at the time, conventional wisdom, would have said, well, we could charge six times the price and people will buy it. They're like, eh, it's a cooler. People buy it. They leave it at the beach. They forgot it. They move on. I mean, the concept of keeping things cold for so long is is kind of a new concept, right? I mean, how long do you really need to keep the beer cold if you're drinking it I mean, quick? As long as possible. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> so they focused on people that actually really would be brand enthusiasts. Hunters, fishers. In fact, here, let me change my outfit real quick. Hold on. Oh, wow. It's a Scene big change. Big change. Okay. <laughs> For the people listening at home, Thomas has revealed he's wearing a best pro shops hat. That's right. <laughs> Orange for hunting season, folks. <laughs> and what's really cool about Yeti, they started small. One core product category, but they've expanded slowly and surely. And a lot of us have seen that expansion during the holiday season. How many people get Yetis for Christmas, mm -hmm. holiday gifts, brand gifts? People love them. Yeah, they're always adding something. The different cups, the bottles, the bags. Even the tops. Yeah. I mean, how many random little different size tops? And I'm like, at the store, I'm like, ooh, this is kind of a cool top. Ooh, this one has a straw. Maybe I need that one. <laughs> And one of the things that's beloved about Yeti is honestly its durability and its performance. It's a product that costs a lot, but it lasts. Mm -hmm. It's durable. This is a brand people love, and they make it a part of their lifestyle. And Red Bull does the exact same thing. However, your lifestyle might need to be a little more extreme. Oh, <laughs> it is synonymous with extreme sports. It is Formula One racing, cliff diving, snowboarding, BMX biking. Red Bull is all about high adrenaline pumping lifestyles. And I brought a clip, Thomas, to tell the story of how the brand got here. Let's hear it. Much of Red Bull's success can be traced to their innovative marketing strategy. They understood that a new type of product required a completely novel approach to marketing and advertising. That's when Dietrich decided to follow one of Chalio's strategies, mixing his business with his passion. Dietrich had always loved extreme sports, and at the time, very few big corporate sponsors were targeting those events. Becoming the leading promoter would surely be a good idea. From then on, sports became Red Bull's new focus, particularly those that could get the blood pumping. There were several reasons for this. It made the brand stand out, and it also meant that they didn't have to invest thousands of dollars in competing for advertising time during mainstream events. But most importantly, by embracing adrenaline sports, they signaled that Red Bull was more than just an energy drink. It was a lifestyle, and a cool one at that. From then on, the two charging Red Bulls were omnipresent at extreme sports events, and little by little, Red Bull became synonymous with exciting words like adrenaline, energy, and adventure. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? And it's a smart move 
Don't try to buy the big Super Bowl spot. Right. Create your own Super Bowl. Right. And I, what I've always respected about Red Bull, even from a younger age, like I had a friend in high school whose brother, can you imagine if he was listening to this, uh, ran logistics for Red Bull in the Denver market. And we got to go out there in high school. We got to hang out in the warehouse. We, uh, I have a picture of me in high school wearing a questionable outfit. Wait, this is you? Uh, yeah, sitting on the snowcat. <laughs> we got to actually, we got I to go to- zoom in on this. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go to uh, uh, CU Boulder during 420 and go with the Red Bull ladies and hang out, uh, give out a lot of Red Bull cans. We just, it, we got this behind the scenes look at the Red Bull 1976 games, which was like getting in hot tub time machine and going back in time where all these extreme competitions. I remember, shout out the Midwest mustache crew. You guys were the best. Uh, everyone had huge mustaches, neon. And it was so fun. And I remember at the time, you know, everyone who was connected to Red Bull just just talked about this respect for the brand focusing on cool shit it wasn't just anybody it wasn't like the NASCAR we're gonna slap 10 million logos on any old guy driving in a circle like we're going to pick the niche extreme stuff and align ourselves with that with such a cool cool thing that we can own and they're still doing it to this day Totally. They are doing all sorts of really interesting things with their marketing and they found ways to really stretch their dollars. Not that they don't spend a lot of dollars on their marketing, but when the brand was first launched too in the UK, they were taking what empty cans and dumping them in front of clubs in the trash cans. Yeah. So, so it, it looked, looked like, like <laughs> people were getting wild off Red Bull. So smart. That's guerrilla marketing <laughs> at its finest. Like I don't know, thinking people are going to walk by and see the trash cans, but people did. They were like, whoa, Whoa, people people are really drinking Red Bull. They must really (laughs) like this stuff. I guess I should try it. And Yeti, on the other hand, when you see a piece of marketing or advertising from Yeti, these coolers aren't indoors. They're out in the wild, baby. We're doing adventurous shit. (laughs) And ultimately, they have found ways to really pay dividends by connecting with pros in each of these places, pro fishermen, pro hunters, etc. And early on, when they were selling these coolers, when they were giving these coolers out to pros, they were accompanying them with t-shirts, stickers, etc. Their hope was, if we can align with these pros, we can get these pros to advertise for us so that the visiting occasional adventurers would get on target as well. And it's really worked for them. And nowadays, they use storytelling and all sorts of other mediums to feature people doing badass stuff with their products. And it's worked in a way where they've really built a cult-like following. And I want to play a quick clip that talks about these enthusiasts and why they are such brand ambassadors. Yeti fans are definitely a cult. We love Yeti, we live and we breathe Yeti, and we are going to collect as many products as possible, you know, even if it's pain above retail or finding little tiny rinky-dink fishing shops on the coast and harassing their owners until we find the products that we're looking for. The Yeti cult includes celebrities like Reese Witherspoon, Sandra Bullock, Matt Damon, Jimmy Kimmel, and hunting enthusiast Joe Rogan, who praised the coolers on his podcast in April 2018. You can put ice in them and go to the desert, and five days later you have ice in that cooler. And they're doing some really interesting things with their content marketing. They have a Wildcraft cocktails series, so it's so funny. It's great. Hey guys, I'm Brad Leone. We're here in Southeast Connecticut with the lovely Alexis Nicole. That's me! And we're gonna be foraging for a cocktail. But I'd love to be able to like make sure what we pick. It's safe. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it together. You want a cocktail?
I want us to stay alive, we can make That's both right. of those things happen. Not everyone's willing to do this, but foraging in the forest for interesting, tasty treats can go one of two ways. No, but then at the end, they forage, they find all these things, and then they use Yeti products to make the cocktail. They use a Yeti shaker, and then they talk about the, the strainers built right into the top. I might need one of those. I think you might. <laughs> Something that Red Bull did that a lot of people remember that just blows my mind when we talk about this outside of the box or outside of the can marketing, the space jump. So Red Bull had this idea, Red Bull Stratos, to break a world record for the highest skydive of all time. So you have the skydiver, he jumps from the stratosphere and he becomes the first human ever to break the sound barrier without vehicular power. Red Bull is tied to a historical event. That is fucking crazy. That's when you know you made it. Yes. Like that is, that's so smart. There is an event in history that forever is synonymous with your brand. The media impact of this, 8 million concurrent views on YouTube, which at the time set a record for the most views ever on the platform. Like that is some serious shit. Sorry, I couldn't get to the button in time. <laughs> if you had a Red Bull, maybe your, your reflexes would have been a little faster. And for people that are absolutely obsessed with quality, Yeti delivers. They even push forward that quality in their marketing. In fact, one of their out-of-home billboards said, generations to break down. And it's just a standard cooler, styrofoam, just falling apart. And then next to it is the Yeti, generations to break in. Really just the concept that this cooler isn't going anywhere. You can pass this thing down. How many disposable coolers have you gone through at a festival or <laughs> event or who knows? There's like a cooler graveyard as you get there. Oh, it's so bad. And at the end of the day, day three of a festival, all your the meat that you maybe had that you were grilling oh, is, is opened and is floating in the water with your beers. We've all been there. So it's not just bad for the planet. It's also bad for human it's consumption. Bad, yeah, right? it's bad it's, experience. Exactly. There's a safety element to it, right? Like, like if you are storing meat, you're going to be able to keep that at a safe temperature. That's Come right. On. Question for you, Thomas. Let's go. How would you spell the word wings in the slogan, Red Bull gives you wings? Um, I feel like you're leading the witness here. I mean, W-I-N-G-S probably is incorrect, survey says. A survey says, eh, if it's... <laughs> After 2014, before 2014, you would have been correct. It was Red Bull gives you wings. But in the spirit of the American legal system, mm. a gentleman sued in 2014. He sued under the premise that Red Bull claims it gives you wings and is giving some brand promise mm. that it has more caffeine and more going on than a cup of coffee. Therefore, it justifies the cost, which he said it doesn't. He brought this to court, basically saying Red Bull doesn't give you wings. I don't know if he was like, I didn't sprout any wings. I'm really curious how many <laughs> Red Bulls this guy drank. And maybe he called Red Bull and someone got in the other line and they were like, sir, you just haven't had enough. You have to yeah, you keep, just keep drinking, drinking them. You keep buying more. <laughs> After a few thousand, you grow something. It's, <laughs> you, maybe, grow it's something. maybe not wings. <laughs> Red Bull chose to settle this case and it cost them $13 million. Wow. And after that, they said, we've built so much recognition with our slogan. We've put, we all remember those ads. We've done so much with this. So in order to make the brand promise <laughs> a little less literal they and a little it. more whimsical, they decided to add two eyes. So Red Bull gives you wings. It's now spelled with three eyes. So the story is how like t adding two eyes 
replies to your slogan cost Red Bull $13 million. But they bounce back. They're still Red Bull, baby. So if we had to talk about any other brands on the show, what's on your mind today, V? feel like we we can't talk about a lifestyle without talking about GoPro. Mm. Uh, what incredible marketing. It's all about the ability to capture the moment. You have all these kind of extreme outdoors, a little mm. maybe less extreme, some of it than, than Red Bull, but they do a lot of stuff like that. Cliff diving, uh, surfing, snowboarding. It's all about the different ways you can mount a GoPro to ensure no matter what cool thing you're doing, you can capture it. And they have this whole concept of being an everyday hero. And you're a hero by going out and doing something cool. And that's what they call their product. Think about how yeah. many Red Bull moments were caught on GoPros. Wow, good, good cross-branding. <laughs> I'd talk about Athletic Brewing Company. I Oh, I'm actually drinking one right now. Their day pack, sparkling water infused with hops. I mean, no athle- alcohol. Athletic Brewing Company. They started by going after Spartan Race and other of these major events, really focusing on people that were concerned with their health, concerned with wanting to be able to train, but maybe still wanting to be able to enjoy a beer. Because, right. like, let's be honest, every now and then it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to have a beer. <laughs> Another brand, I mean, we've talked about Patagonia so many times on this show, and guess what for the listeners? We're not going to stop talking about it. We <laughs> I'm love wearing Patagonia. It right now. It's good stuff. <laughs> and again, just like the Yeti coolers, you always see the products in the wild. You never see it on the shelf because this stuff is meant to be used, abused, and loved. <laughs> Beloved. Forever. Harley Davidson is another big one. People who... Oh my God, like Harley people, you love Harleys. So, so loyal to the brand, synonymous with rebellion and freedom, brotherhood and community. Owning a Harley is so much more than just owning a cool bike. Mm. It is about being a part of that Harley spirit. They have riding clubs. They have all these group rides. Like they're, they're brand loyalists to the, to the bone. Lululemon. Starbucks, Nike. I mean, the list goes on. There's lots of brands that lean into lifestyle and you don't have to lean all the way in. It's not like all Starbucks is known for is something like lifestyle, but it's an important way for people to present their product in a way that might actually move the needle and move the emotions of their audiences. And now for something completely different. So if we had to put this to work, I would say, first and foremost, brand positioning. These are both brands that came into a category and said, nope, we want to be luxury, folks. And so for those of us listening, it's a moment to reflect and say, how are we positioning our brands, our products, our services in a luxury way? Sometimes simply how much you price your product or service dictates how consumers think Next, from a marketing and promotion standpoint, ditch the features and benefits. Think about what your product or service makes people feel. Beyond that, make sure that you have a consistent brand experience across everything you do. Both of these brands are global. So whether you're in US, whether you're in Europe, whether you're in Asia, they are driving the same experience across everything that they do. And the last one would be don't mix up your marketing message. Don't say you're going to give wings and then under-deliver. I saw a guy with a hat on the other day. It said, I'm an alcoholic. My favorite thing in the world is drinking outdoors, and I want everyone to know it. <laughs> well, he didn't say all that. He just said, Yeti. So if you had to take anything away from the show today, Veronica. It's that if you are uninspired and want to impress in the boardroom, 
want to throw a big idea out there, just take a take a tip from Red Bull and recommend that you yeet a guy out of the stratosphere <laughs> dressed in your, your brand imagery. And how much Red Bull should you drink before you make that? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, mine would be don't underestimate how powerful your brand can be. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, smash the subscribe button or listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're out of here.